our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the light. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Hey, Chrissy, how's it going? It is going terrific, Heather. Ask me how I am. Oh, how's it going, Heather? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's a short week, Heather. It is a short week, um, but I'm still tired. And in order for me to tell you why, I have to pull out the soapbox. Mm. And here comes the soapbox. All right. I did something brave. I shared some political views on social media. I saw that and it was brave. I immediately had half a dozen messages in my inbox from people who confided to me that they agreed with me, but they were too afraid to say so in public because of they were um, afraid of public shaming mm-hmm. from their friends who may or may not agree with them. Um, they were afraid that they might lose friends. They might. Uh, they were afraid that they might be excluded from social groups mm-hmm. um, because they voiced a different perspective. And um, I understood. I had the same fear. Mm-hmm. I was filled with second doubts, second thoughts. Um, after sharing my perspective, um, because of the same reasons, you know, I have friends in um, pretty much every pocket of of the world. Of, of our country's issues right now. Mm-hmm. I have personal friends in many different perspectives and I hear all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm, ex- I'm really, really tired because for the past two days, it's been really loud in my yeah. world of people who are mad at me and tell me that I don't understand or that I am a traitor to the cause um, people who are thanking me for standing up and saying something that they agreed with and were afraid to say. My own thoughts back and forth about what do I really think? I see mm-hmm. this. I see that. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the reason why I'm on the soapbox is because I want to stand up and say, we are in a time... When it's really, really important to be brave and to share a perspective. But I want to really emphasize how important I believe that it is to be careful with your words and and make sure that when you do stand up and say something that might be unpopular or might be considered controversial that you do so from a place that is that is fair compassionate not stooping to insults not mudslinging not perpetuating hateful or unhelpful rhetoric 
and that if you are truly expressing yourself with fairness and compassion and without inciting and gaslighting people, mm-hmm. then those people in your life who are true friends will not abandon you and they should be able to respect that you have a different perspective as long as you are not expressing it in an offensive and inflammatory way. Well, I think a lot of what you're saying um, is important. First of all, it takes a tremendous amount of emotional energy to put something out there into the public today. Um, I mean, I remember a few years ago, I wrote an article about my hometown where I grew up and I wrote it for the Tallahassee Democrat. I wrote it here and some friends back home saw it and they saw it as um, not nice about my hometown, which it it, it was not not nice. <laughs> it was fine. Um, but they didn't like it. Right. They thought it, I portrayed the place as, you know, low income, which I did, which it is. Um, they thought that I portrayed it as a place that you couldn't get a good education, which was not true because I actually, the whole point of the article was that I got a great education in a public school from people who really cared about me in a community that really knew me. But they weren't reading that subtext. They were reading, she called us poor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of nasty messages from people that I didn't know in my hometown, but people from my hometown, I got emails, I got, you know, like, and they were not nice at all. They mm-hmm. were, they were very, very nasty. And it took up a lot of emotional energy. And I was still married at the time. And, you know, I was, and I was talking about it to my then husband. And he's like, I wish you would have never written it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's like, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing you talk about this thing, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, I'm listening to their opinion, even though their opinions were not stated neutrally and mm-hmm. were not stated nicely, you know, mine were, and that takes a lot of emotional energy too, for you to put it out there in a thoughtful way. Like, I'm sure that you didn't just tap, tap, tap it off and then, and then post it. I'm sure that you grappled with every word to say, is this the word that I want? Is this the sentiment that I want? Is this how I really feel about it? You know, does this put it out there neutrally, but still say something? Because sometimes when we try to put it out there in the most kind way, we lose the sentiment of saying anything, right? Yes. And then when people start to respond to you, they may respond civilly or they may respond nasty. And then how do you shut down? How do you still control your feed and, you know, still control your post? And, you know, do I delete their comment? Do I respond to their comment, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and show that this is how a conversation should look? We don't know how to have good civil discord anymore. We don't know how to have a conversation where we don't agree on the fundamentals of something, but we're still able to talk about it in a reasonable way. We, we have a really hard time with that, and it makes us uncomfortable. I have a friend who is one of my closest friends, and she is very, 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 very super Trump supporter, okay? Which is fine for her to be. But we're at dinner and she's got her Trump hat on <laughs> and she's, you know, and it's just me and her. And, and I'm like, you know, is this like a guilt by association thing? You know, just, to, <laughs> just to be with her, you know, and she's so funny because it's like we sit down to talk to each other. We like each other. We've been friends for a few years. 
and her daughter was headed back to school and she's her daughter's a second grader um I'm not putting a mask on her. That's stupid. This stupid mask culture and this stupid whatever. And so I have to make choices whether I say, is it really so hard to put a mask on? Or whether I'm just like, yeah, cool. And just let it go for the sake of having a nice dinner. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, and yeah. <laughs> like, and it would be the same if I was with a super Biden supporter. If right. I was with someone who was like, Biden's the best thing in the whole world. Like, you know, like, like, I want to understand you and I want to know why. And it's not that I want to shut down your voice and it's not any of that. But also, like, sometimes I just want to, I want to have a conversation because this is important. I want to have a conversation because this is relevant to our community today. But I also, the amount of emotional energy yeah. that it takes and the amount that it, like, you dream about it. You, yeah. You, you can't, you know, it, it, is working its way through your brain. Yeah. I have to take a break from it, I know, because mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. Right. I, I cannot focus on, or I, I can focus. I've been having a difficult time focusing on other things. Mm -hmm. But because it does monopolize a lot of my thoughts of, you know, the, the energy that it takes to stand in the middle and to not take the easy way, which for me, it would be easier to jump in a camp. It mm -hmm. would be easier for me to either say nothing and just sit at home and just make jokes and, and, and talk and avoid the subject mm -hmm. or to go jump in a camp and and grab the flag and be on the team. But I really feel strongly that one of my purposes in life is to facilitate conversation. To be a moderator. To be a yeah. moderator. Mm -hmm. And I... I want my friends to know that it is okay to be in the middle and it is okay to ha to see both sides of something mm -hmm. and and to admit that you could have been wrong or that you disagree with your friends. And that doesn't mean that I'm a traitor. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you're a traitor. It doesn't mean that you are abandoning any position. I think you, as long as you are, yes, yeah. you're expressing yourself in, in a polite and helpful and open-minded way, then the world needs more of that right now. I think that, um, right now we've got like a very, like people who are standing in the middle and are kind of watching both sides. It's, it's, you're accused of being the Aaron Burr, you know what right. I mean? You're like, well, you stand for nothing. You know, what are you going to fall for? And it's not necessarily that. It's that you're formulating an opinion, you know. And I don't know. I, just, like, I think you said on one of your posts in one of the comments, you said, I am committed to standing here in the middle, mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, I'm committed. Like, you guys can talk and talk and talk. That's fine. I'm not going to say police are bad. Right. And I'm not going to say black people are bad. Right. And I'm not going to say anything you know, in the middle of either, I, I, I just, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to say, let's have a conversation about this and let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that's brave. And I do know that that takes a toll on people that it, it, it definitely takes a toll. Well, somebody else might need to take a turn because I'm really tired and I think I might need a rest and somebody else can stand <laughs> on the, on the soapbox and stand in, in the, the middle, middle and then I'll come back in after I've had a chance to, to kind of get my energy back. But I just want to encourage my friends who are messaging in like secret uh, how they feel that it's it's a this is the time to speak up in a fair way and don't be intimidated by the extremes 
um, you know, there are, I, I believe that the majority of people are somewhere in the middle. And the I only way we're going to get through mm-hmm. this is if we all come together. Mm-hmm. So good job, Heather. Thank you. You want to talk about something a lot more fun? I do. Okay, because I have a new segment that I'm introducing to the show. Let's hear it. This is a time when you um, recommended something that I did not um, necessarily have an interest in. And then I ended up investigating it, and it turns out you were right. Woo! I like this segment already. Okay, look. So maybe you were right. I really wasn't feeling it, I'll be honest with you, but I'll say it again, you were right. Okay, so um, when I was trying to drown my um, emotional energy sorrows (laughs) in something else, Mm -hmm. I finally clicked on a show that you recommended on Netflix. Ooh, which one? Glow Up. The makeup show? The makeup show that I was like, I'm not interested in watching people make do makeup and now i'm totally sucked in <laughs> to watching people do the makeup you're right it's amazing it's so great it's and fun it's, it's just so mindless like for me i would turn it on and i would walk around my house doing all the things i needed to do and like you know half watching it from the kitchen while i'm like cutting up a you know cucumber or whatever <laughs> so but then you just got to get out there in time to see the final right. the final crazy product yeah yeah well i've realized that what i love about these shows is that I really enjoy seeing people in their element. Mm -hmm. And I would never have had very much of an appreciation for all of the detail and work and nuance that goes into special effects makeup or just like even just beauty makeup. You know, I just I I slap on makeup once in a while and I I know that there is an art to it because I see people who who do makeup beautifully. um, But I really enjoy watching people for whom this is an art form and this is their jam. Like this is their thing. Right. And I think that's why I love the interior design show. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Mm -hmm. flower fight and the baking show because these people are so into their niche. And it's not only like that it makes them happy it, for a lot of them on a lot of these shows it's gotten them through something exactly like, you hear these people and they're like you know what i was at a terrible point in my life my mother was dying of cancer and all these things and makeup was there yeah you know like or or you know or body painting you can watch the skin wars too or mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> the, like whatever it is like the thing that is their thing yeah you know in some ways rescued them you yeah. know or you know it makes them feel smart. It makes them feel good at something. You know, it it gives them a sense of peace that they don't have in any other facet of their life. Yeah. And I think that's neat to watch. It's always compelling television. You know? Well, and a lot of times it's a career path that might not have been, you might not have been aware of. Right. Like who knew that you could put on makeup for 200,000 people on Instagram and that you could end up like making money doing right. that or that you, you know, yeah. and I, I actually really like those kind of shows because I'm such an advocate for the arts, mm-hmm. you know, and these are truly, they're artistic endeavors, you know, and usually these shows that I watch are people being creative in a, in a special way or in a new way. And you're right. And they're foraying it into careers. And who knew that you could take this talent 
and make people look like lions for the Lion King. Yeah. Or that you could take this talent and do, you know, like make people on TV shows look like they have a wound that they don't. Yeah. You know, and like it, it's it's just neat. It's, it's just, just fun neat. to watch. Yeah. It's really cool. And I really also really like when the people who are the judges, who are the um, the seasoned experts, the seasoned professionals who mm-hmm. are essentially becoming mentors mm-hmm. throughout. And I really love the the um the way that these shows do really cr- become a supportive mentorship experience rather than a criticism of people mm-hmm. who are still learning yeah and hearing the people come in and say I noticed that you used this brush and I understand why next time use this one it's going to benefit you in this way mm-hmm. and I lo- I just enjoy seeing that type of mentorship and and support of newbies coming right. in and it just it is it's a hopeful feeling when so much of the world is so critical and yeah. and and shaming and like you know this is why these are all the reasons why you're wrong it's refreshing to watch people build each other up and help each other yeah it's fun to watch people like like you said in their element it's fun to watch people the the mentoring part is nice i like i like when i'm watching it and Somebody does something so wild. I'm like, I would have never dreamed of that yeah. in a million years. Or like, and sometimes their like their internal interpretation of it is a little hokey and a little like, <laughs> you know, like whatever. This is my soul when I was a child. You know, yeah. like like, but cool that you have some kind of outlet to do that you know and then like you said that mentorship piece is really neat too i like it when the mentors like cry when they have to kick someone off yeah. like when when they get to a point that they're like god like these people are truly talented and sometimes i don't even see the talent because it's not the thing that i do you know i'm like that one's ugly yeah like, i would kick that one off and they're like it's a masterpiece right. <laughs> and they lose their minds and i'm like oh they see stuff we know. don't see yeah, they're like do you see the detail and there's no cracking in the paint and i'm like what the point you know like whatever but it's still fun you know like yeah and it's fun to see how taste is shaped yeah. and how people form their opinions too you know because i'm like nah that dude should have won usually i do pick the winner i think that most of us do like yeah. usually we can kind of tell but usually once in a while runner. they they throw you something and you're like, you guys liked that? You yeah. know, like, and, and that's, yeah, well, that's fun too. That's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, shows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. You were right. Thank you for recommending that I watch Glow Up. I'm enjoying it. It's a I'm wonderful glad. escape. If you need more escape shows, I've got plenty. <laughs> I think I have watched the entirety of Netflix now. I'm pretty sure I've seen everything. Well, um, thankfully, there is still room for um, me to recommend things because I would like to recommend something to our listeners. Mm. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... Might I recommend supporting local theater... That might not be local to you as far as your zip code, but at other communities online. I had the wonderful experience on Saturday night of watching a college friend perform her live cabaret show. Oh, my God. How fun. It was taking place in Colorado. And when we connected on Facebook and I saw that she had a cabaret show, I immediately wished that I could be in the audience and see it. Because I remember from college um, that she was just a delight and she was really talented and had a wonderful singing voice and just funny. And I knew that the show would be great. Um, but she lives in Colorado and I live in Florida. 
Well, I noticed on Facebook that she was selling tickets for a live stream. Mm. And I bought a ticket for myself and Robbie. And we sat on our couch on Saturday night with our cocktails and tuned in to the YouTube feed. And it was wonderful. I love that. And that is a, a benefit of our current times, you know, that, that we can see that. Um, on Friday, my son's class did um, the chapel presentation at his school, and parents aren't allowed on campus anymore, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it was a live stream thing, and I had never watched chapel, you know, on a live stream before, and I watched it, and I started seeing that all the chapels are on there, you know, so you can see, you could watch everybody else's kids, you could watch, you know what I mean, like, and it's, and it's part of the, the YouTube channel for mm-hmm. the school now, Yeah, and it was really cute, and I like my son is like he's into production and he's right. into directing or whatever and he was highly critical of the lag time but um they put the virtual students into it too which uh-huh. was really neat so everybody had a role you know and even the kids who aren't in the classroom but are in the class mm-hmm. got to be a part of it and yeah. got to be featured and it was really nice yeah. you know and this is an opportunity for us to see you know something that is not necessarily available for us to go sit down and watch, but yeah. we can still see it. And it's also an opportunity for people who are interested in production and in making something, you know, have an opportunity now more than ever before, mm-hmm. you know, to get into a directing role or a yeah. production role or a here's how things should go. So, you know, it's just, it's, there are new opportunities. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. And, you know, this, there may be people listening now who are saying, oh, pff, you could have done that before. You just didn't know. Well, I just didn't know. Okay, so now I know. And now I'm really glad that I know and I did it and it was nice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I would recommend um, that if you are excited about theater, community theater and your friends' performances, ask them whether they will be live streaming. And I'd like to say a big bravo to my friend Leslie Randall and the Vintage Theater in Aurora, Colorado for making that available because I was really appreciative. It was a really wonderful little living room date night that was finally not I wish that I would have watched it because I told you my original plan was that I was going to do a 40th birthday cabaret. I did think about that. Yeah, um... And, you know, now we're up pretty close to it, and there's not a plan to do it. So, um, yeah, just a couple weeks from 40 now. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe maybe 45 is cabaret year. We'll see. Yeah. We have finally made it to the grab bag. What did they come up with now? Ew! Not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Okay, so this is going to be a total... Left turn from where we've been. Well, I've been on this show for almost a year now. <laughs> I know. This whole show has been a zigzag, but that's okay. Um, actually, though, my grab bag topic today does kind of relate a little bit to the current events because last week we talked about cults mm-hmm. and we talked about what constitutes a cult and how you might, some ways that you might know that you're being recruited for a cult. Mm-hmm. And I shared my experience of being recruited for a cult. We also talked about how many times cult organizations will prey on people who are looking for something to believe in. Right. Looking for answers. They looking for something to grab onto where they feel included and they feel understood, even if they don't really agree with everything that they're hearing. At least they're with people who are being nice to them. Mm hmm. 
And so um, today I want to talk about why we believe in conspiracy theories. Ooh, man, you bring in the fun topics lately. <laughs> I well, like it. I, once I started thinking about the cults and, and those different dynamics, I saw so many parallels between believing in the tenets of a cult and believing in conspiracy theories. You know, mm-hmm. they often will will attract the same people. And so I was curious to, about, I almost said curious Ooh, to know. curious to know. <laughs> I was curious about why we believe conspiracy theories and what types of, um, like when you were talking about with behavior analysis and the the rewards that we get for different behaviors Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i enjoy learning about the rewards that we get when we indulge ourselves in um sensational ideas yeah and so you know i looked up i did a cursory google search you did And, um, you know, and I found an article that I had read a long time ago that I was hoping I would find. Um, And so here are some reasons why we believe in conspiracy theories. And I think, you know, we can just kind of discuss discuss them as we go along. Um, One of them is something that we all feel right now, the need to reduce uncertainty and make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that when we are in a time of heightened noise mental noise community noise societal noise like we are right now with Mm -hmm. everybody shouting um it's so so easy to grab onto something that isn't is an easy solution yeah something that um makes us a team too something that that Mm -hmm. binds us to other people you know it makes it like all right all right well this is this is a cooler answer. This is a fun answer. I thought of this answer. I feel good about myself because, you know, this right. answer feels a little different. I think there's so much of that. Yeah. Especially since conspiracy theories are often crafted in such a way that they are so simple. Mm-hmm. They're very complex, but they're presented in a very simple mm-hmm. way. Right. And that they give you an immediate sense of control and resolution and well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. So everything was very confusing. And now that you put it that way, yeah, well, that they, makes perfect sense. They usually say the truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. And that is a prime, prime example of that being true. You know, so we can create a simple fiction that fits the scenario and that fits our rhetoric. Because sometimes the truth is complicated and s- Dumbing it down and making it more digestible is appealing. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, you know, it gives us the sense that we, when we are confused, we are doubting ourselves. Mm-hmm. When somebody gives us something that's easy to believe in, we now have a boost of self-confidence because now we understand. Right. And now we are in the inside. Mm-hmm. And now we have the, we have the scoop. And now we are one of the elite who, who get it. I think uh, I mentioned on the show, the cult show, we started talking about Helter Skelter. Um, mm-hmm. And that book, I mean, it is a long, long book, but it's a good read, and I'm going to recommend it again. What is cool about it, because it's written by the lawyer for the prosecution. So it's written by the guy who's trying to get Manson in jail. Mm-hmm. 
And it's such a strange tale, like why Charles Manson did the things that he did and how he controlled those people. And I mean, it's so, so bizarre. And a lot of the book is the lawyer trying to figure out how do I present this to a jury Mm -hmm. so that they find it even remotely believable. Right. Because it's so strange, Mm -hmm. because it's so, you know, like, so I got to convince these people that people were murdered because a guy believed that he could incite a race war, mm-hmm. that then the black people would win, but there'd be white people hiding underground because once the black people won, they wouldn't know how to lead. So he would come up from underground and he would be their leader and they would be subservient. And like, I mean, the, what? Right. You know, like, and how are you going to educate a jury to believe that this is what happened? And then this just happens to be what happened. Right. But how am I going to convince these people that the truth is the truth? Right. You because know? it sounds ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes those desperate moments um, are what when we are most needing something to believe. Another example would be um, anti-vaxxers. Oh, yes. When parents are desperate mm-hmm. and they don't know why their child is sick mm-hmm. and they don't know why these things have happened and they can't make sense of any of it because none of it makes sense, then having somebody come along and say, well, did you get that vaccine? And then this happened? Well, then the vaccine caused the thing. Right. And if you are, if you are, desperately seeking for something to explain i can absolutely see how you could say well yeah that makes sense and so now i'm not going to participate in that anymore because it led to this bad situation right yeah i had to have a lot of conversations like that throughout my career in autism because for a long time and in some small factions still people believe that Vaccines cause autism. We've spent so much money dispelling this thing. We've spent so much time, so much education, so much energy. And it's just frustrating for a professional to be like, okay, so Jenny McCarthy is your authority? (laughs) Okay, you know what I mean? Right. And I mean, it's just, it's really, really difficult when... Like you said, somebody's glommed onto this thing, getting them to let go of it, you know, a cult, a conspiracy theory, any misbelief, you know, getting them to let go of it once they've hit, put all their, what, what is it, put all your all your eggs. eggs in one basket, you know, like, and they've decided this is it. This has got to be it. This has got to be it, right? This is it. Because you it know? answers, because it gives answers to all of my questions. Right. Yeah. Because letting go of that means admitting I don't know. Right. It's like, I was wrong. Right. I I don't know what's wrong with my kid. And when when it comes to your kid, I mean, we lose all oh, yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, any of us will do crazy stuff mm-hmm. for our kids. Absolutely. And when somebody has to let go of something that has, has brought them so much comfort, 
I mean, that I, I can understand why it's very hard. Well, I mean, when you started even talking about conspiracy theories, talking about things that we hold on to, I started thinking about we should do a show on like psychic mediums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and it's just another one of those things where, okay, you, you know, you are here. You are telling me with authority on your face and compassion in your voice that this is why this is what happened, that he's going to come back, that, you know, he has a message for me from beyond, that he has whatever. Like, it's it's comfort, but it's snake oil. Mm-hmm. But we have a propensity to believe it because it's so rewarding. Well, that comes brings us to one of the other reasons why we believe in conspiracy theories we all have confirmation bias Mm -hmm. you know we are looking for something to confirm what we already believe is true Mm -hmm. or we're looking for something to validate what we hope is true right you know and if you you know if you hope that that person is going to come back and and have a message for you then somebody comes along and says hey i have a message for you from that person you know, that's a wish fulfilled. Right. You know, if you're already mm-hmm. looking for mm-hmm. that and then it shows up, that is how it is so easy to be manipulated and taken advantage of by people who are not, who don't have your best interest at heart. Right. Absolutely. Um, and it also does help to cultivate a good self image with ourselves when it's easy to put the responsibility and the blame for something on other people. Yeah. I think that's especially true. Like if, if something happens, okay, like I have a, I have a friend who, um, this, okay, I'm trying to think of a, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta kind of mark through how you're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. A nice gentleman who is a Vietnam War vet, uh, is the guy who taught me how to shoot guns. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> guns are are and always have been a huge, huge, huge part of his life. Okay. As a very young child, he was forced to hunt. Like, mm-hmm. and, and he talks about it, like, almost in an abusive way. Like, he's like, I was given five bullets, and I was told if I didn't bring home five animals, not to come home. Oh, you wow. You know what I mean? Like, rough. That's a lot right? of pressure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressure for a little kid, right? Um, you know, so, but he's always known how to handle a firearm, and then he grew up, and he did the army. He owns more gu- like, unbelievable amount of guns. Guns, 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 guns everywhere. He's one of those people who, like, there's loaded guns in his house, all over his house. Like, if you are his grandchild, you have to learn don't don't touch the guns unless you know how to handle them. Right. And we're going to teach you very young how to handle them. It's a very, very guns, 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 guns kind of, right. you know, lifestyle. And one day he told me that all of the school shootings are fake. They were all staged. They have the same actors in them. If you watch them up oh, close. Oh, I've heard this. The, you know, if you, if you watch them up close, it's all, you know, it's the same people. These things never happened. Um, you know, like, and it's nice for him to believe that because his, his reverence for guns and how guns should be used is supported mm-hmm. by the thought that this is just mind control of the masses. You know, nobody would ever shoot people. It's just some rented school out in the middle of a desert that we keep filming these in over and over again wow. to, to scare us. Yeah. And he's very, very serious about this. This is this is what he believes. And to be in a conversation like this is is an interesting place to find yourself. And then we'll spin off onto the chemtrails in the sky and the, uh, you know, like the, the I mean, 
just the the conspiracy theories abound in a big, big, big way with this person, you know, mm. but it supports mm-hmm. the history and the lifestyle and the, and, I mean, and I'm not saying that makes it right, you know, like, yeah, I'm not saying that makes it right, but I'm saying it makes it make more sense of how we got there. It explains why, mm-hmm. you know, because if his entire life has been revolving around a culture that is heavily gun focused mm-hmm. and he this is all he knows this is all of his social life is around this yeah his like shooting like competitions and yes. stuff who, who can draw the most quickly who can you know yeah. run over here and spin around the most quickly i mean guns are life right you know and so something that ha- that could threaten to take that away i can mm-hmm. imagine it would be very appealing to be able to say that that never happened and it's not a threat and it's not real and be, do anything to protect what you know of as your life. Right. And not only, you know, that could threaten to take it away, but that could threaten to tarnish how great it is. Mm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and yeah, I mean, so I'm not saying in any way that that's cool. Like I would really like you to look at science and reality would be awesome. But, you know, um, I do understand why that's attractive to you yeah and i and that's part of why conspiracy theories are such an interesting topic for me because i'm curious about how people you know how people come to believe them and then Mm -hmm. become so indoctrinated in them and you know and then i just i think that it's really interesting to be able to connect the dots and see oh well yeah it makes sense that you would think that because of these other things do you find that Someone who believes in one conspiracy theory is more likely to believe in multiple other conspiracy theories. Sometimes. My conspiracy theory people in my life are definitely game for any conspiracy theory you got. Right. Like, there's a whole world of crazy out there that, you know, like, if we started at the, you know, school shootings are fake, we can spin to a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like microchipping yeah um all sorts of different medical things Mm -hmm. all sorts of you know government mind control things all sorts of all sorts of things if we believe a i guess it makes b and c and d and e easier to believe yeah absolutely and i think that in a um societal um theater that we're in now um in the context of life right now the higher the stakes the more um, fantastical the conspiracies become. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know that I fall victim to it, you know, of of going down the rabbit hole of, you know, elections being rigged and, you know, we're all going to have a chip and we're all going to have this and then they're going to do this and it's just setting the stage for this. And it can be very, very scary. And you find yourself questioning your own reality and then it's like i have to get out of this well we also had you know the show about futurists right and we do know that it's not an absolutely unrealistic sometimes these things are based in not necessarily unrealistic proposals right or in things that someday may become fact or may even be commonplace Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like who knows who knows how we move as a society and how our rules move and 
what if we may be all microchipped at some point and, you know, you just scan your wrists to pay for your groceries or whatever. Like, we've already got these phones attached to us. We've yeah. already got tracking devices. We've already got all this stuff. Now, how those things are used, that's where it gets really tricky and really crazy and really nefarious and, yes. you know, and all these exciting things. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, if you, if you build it, in some level of reality mm-hmm. and if even the reasonable rational people think that could become mm-hmm. a reality and i know? think that's like, where the most most um widely believed conspiracy theories succeed is that there's just enough possibility that that mm-hmm. could actually happen right mm-hmm well, we could, fun. we could talk about this all day, and I <laughs> would could. love to, but I am going to assign a little bit of... Don't forget your homework. Here's your homework, guys. Go out and put your hands into something real. Go out and put your hands into the dirt. Dig around. Touch trees. Hug a tree. Dig in the sand. Go in the water. Go and make contact with something real and be part of your real life. Ground yourself into what you know is true and think really concretely about where you are in your life and what you know is true. Um, We're in a crazy, crazy time right now. And I know that I am looking forward to going digging in the dirt because that is going to feel real to me and ground you a ground you in place yes i like it and that when i am going and pulling weeds and and working on the actual earth all of the crazy conspiracy theories all of the political noise all of the yelling all of the questions are on pause for a few minutes Yes. And that's your homework. Go to the place where it goes on pause and you know what's real. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.